suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Hands that heal nations, stretched out on a tree, and He took the nails for me. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. Let's stand and welcome others, especially if you see a visitor. Let's do that right now.
say something about the golf tournament. Well, y'all are at least awake. I'm glad of that. Thank you, Tommy Jean and Steve. Uh, look, we are glad to see everybody here today, especially if you are a first-time visitor. Thank you so much for giving of your time to come and worship the Lord with us. And we're glad to have you when the doors open. Uh, everyone is welcome. And if you don't feel that way, you need to come to the altar at the end of service, all right? Because this is the Lord's house, not our house. Uh, but we're glad to be a part of his family. And we're glad that you came today to worship with us. I don't know why I just said what I did, but I did. All right, Carol, come lead us, come lead us in prayer. And uh, he's got an announcement, too. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the Lord for a beautiful day. I know it's a little foggy outside right now, but I understand it's supposed to clear up and have a gorgeous and beautiful afternoon for our, for our golf tournament for Sunshiners Preschool to help the kids out. So any of you golfers out there, if you haven't signed up, all you got to do is show up. We'll put you on the list. i got enough barbecue cooked. i got drinks in the cooler. We're going to put you out there explain, and let you have a good time. Explain that. All right. Coach. Explain which part. Coach, the drinks in the cooler. I'll leave her with drinks at home. Y'all not going to drink the water in the Cokes, okay? <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. But let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this glorious day. And, Lord, regardless of the weather, you are the sunshine through your son. And we lift up his name and praise him for all that he does here. For he is Lord, and he is glorious, and he is warmth, and he is light. Lord, we just praise you this day, and we lift up, Lord, especially our sick and suffering. For those in homes and hospitals and those who, Lord, need an answer from you and need your comfort, Lord, we praise them and lift them up before you for your healing power. We just thank you, Lord, that you are there for us in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Carol. Thank you, thank you. Uh, look, we've received thank you cards from the family of Earl Humphreys and also from the family of Emma Carver, and they're posted on the bulletin board. Uh, also, um, you can read the bulletin, but uh, uh, I just want to remind the folks uh, that uh, there's a deacons meeting tonight at 7 along with the other activities, the adult worship, the youth, and also the Iwanis. Uh, you'll see all the programs and things that are going on this week. Again, I ask that you would check all of this out. Um, please know that uh, there's a lot going on each week. We do this not just simply so we can say we got stuff going on, but some things that we want to honor the Lord with. So a couple of quick things in the bulletin, the inserts. This is National 4-H Week. Beth Davis, who is the county 4-H agent, is one of our church folks. And and I'm glad that she gets us the information to pass on to young folks. And there's an insert in there about uh, National 4-H Week that begins today. Activities that will take place and also how you can join the 4-H if you would like to be a part of that. Her telephone number as well as her email address is listed on that. Uh, also, there's going to be a stew to uh, provide for the senior citizens dinner. Uh, the stew will be October the 29th, but they ask that you... Begin now ordering so they'll know how much to make. Uh, this coming Saturday here at the church, there'll be a yard sale that is sponsored by the Faith Sunday School class. Proceeds from this yard sale will be divided between My Life Matters and Storage Creek Elementary School. So this is a wonderful way uh, to get rid of some clothes or stuff you've got, but also to use it as a missions outreach to the school and also to My Life Matters. The... Um, the Lifeline screening is this week also at the church. 
Uh, some dates we want to remind you of, beginning next Sunday at the 8.30 service, we'll start our fall revival. Marvin Suit, who uh, we I feel like ought to be an honorary member of Theresa Baptist Church, is going to be coming to preach, and I'm excited about him coming again, and he is too. But please be in prayer, not only for the revival, also for Marvin, that God would give him the messages that we need to hear. Uh, there's going to be a lot of special music. You know how we do this. It'll be uh, start Sunday morning and go through Thursday night. Each night we'll have special groups that will be singing. We'll give them about 30 minutes to sing, and then the service will begin. Uh, there's going to be a family night supper on Wednesday night. There's sign-up sheets in the Sunday school classroom. Hope you'll sign up for that also. Uh, quarterly business meeting October the 19th, GA, Mother Daughter T on October the 23rd, which is a Sunday. The October devotional materials are here, the home life, my life matters, uh, parenting life, journey, and stand for firm are up here also. This is not in the bulletin, but Cindy Sumner's asked me to remind you that the shoe boxes for the Operation Christmas Child are available. If you would like a box, they are located in the foyer beside the pastor study. And also, if you have tissues for the person high school, you can bring them to church and place them in the faith Sunday school classroom. For the last couple of Sundays, I've mentioned uh, Decision Magazine. Um, and again, Decision Magazine is put out by the Billy Graham Association, and I think if there's any evangelical association that has integrity, it is Billy Graham and Franklin Graham. And they're burdened, as I know many of you or probably all of you are about our country. This is not their way of telling you how to vote, but folks, they have sent out a special edition of Decision Magazine, which lays out the Democratic and the Republican Party and candidates' platforms. And, and folks, again, I cannot emphasize enough how you and I as Christians should be praying about this election and how we as Christians should vote. I'm not telling you who to vote for unless you approach me privately, all right? I can't do that from the pulpit. I mean, I cannot. And, uh, but, what? Well, well, I can't, okay, but, um, but do you realize that there's a possibility of three Supreme Court justices that will be uh, nominated during this, this next four years? Uh, there'll be decisions about religious liberties. Folks, it, this, these are some very important times, um, and abortion, other issues, they're, dis, they're this, this decision magazine puts side by side the Democratic and the Republican platform and what they believe. And Fran, I don't know if you ordered these. We got a box of about 50 delivered to the church. I don't know who asked. I don't know if just the association sent it to churches. But there's a copy up here. You can get one if you like. I encourage you. And folks, I'm telling you, we got to vote as children of God. And we need to listen to what the Bible says. And God's judgment's going to fall on this country if we don't turn from some of this stuff that we're allowing to happen in this country. And I need to stop right there, okay? But anyway, uh, if you would like a copy of this, if you'll get one, if you want to take it home, look at it. And again, it, it's very simple and easy to look at. It just lists the Republican and the Democratic platform and what they would support if 
our next president is Democrat or Republican. Uh, but the solution to our nation is repentance and turning back to God. This morning, we need to pray for a lot of folks. Uh, probably many of you have heard that John Melton died uh, yesterday afternoon about 4 o'clock. Don't have any of uh, the families going to meet this morning. Uh, with the funeral home, the body will be at Strickland's funeral home, and uh, we'll get that information out to you as quickly as we can. Please add, these folks are not on the list, uh, Joe Riley, John Riley's brother. Many of you know Joe. Joe and Becky have attended the church. Joe had a, a major heart attack Friday night, but he is doing good, and hopefully we'll be able to come home tomorrow or Tuesday. Bud Hall is back in the VA hospital. Please remember him and Ann and Amanda and all the family. Uh, many at Roxburgh Nursing Center, but please lift up Benny Clayton and Elma Clayton who are undergoing physical therapy and hopefully will be at home soon. Leslie Ladd is uh, Charlene and Jasper Ladd's daughter. And I know her married name is Leslie Rogers, but at the hospital she is listed under Ladd. So if you send a get well card, she, uh, unless she moved out of the intensive care yesterday, she has been in the intensive care on life support at North Carolina Memorial Hospital, so please, please remember her. Uh, Tina Ratsliff is still living. She is still at the hospice house. Eunice Jones in person memorial. Joe Lee is in Danville. Please pray that God will open the door for Joe to um, be admitted into uh, uh, a nursing center that has an Alzheimer's unit in it. And again, I'm sharing that because Gilda has asked me to share that with you. Please pray for them. And Betty, Betty Bray had pneumonia uh, this past week. Others at home, Rick Allen, Weldon Bowes, uh, Doug and Linda Carver. Doug will be going back to the doctor for a progress report on this new chemo pill that he's taking this week. So please remember him, Todd Clayton, uh, Philippe Fortin, Betty Gentry, Betty Ray has shingles. Please remember her. Uh, Carolyn Fuller. Uh, we want to congratulate Michelle and Jason Harris. Michelle gave birth on Tuesday to a 7-pound, 12-ounce baby girl that they've named Mercy May. And, um, and um, so Ray Harris is a great-grandfather, and Sherry is a grandmother. <laughs> Never mind. Y'all will get that. Y'all will get that in a minute. And, and that's right, I'm sorry, yeah. I, and that's right, Rhonda is also, the, Michelle is Rhonda's daughter, so that would make her a grandmother too. Thank you, Rhonda. I am sorry, I am sorry. Speaking of Ray Harris, Ray had surgery this past week, and so please remember him. Uh, Rosa Mae Lewis, Rudy Long is at home, Alton Reeves, Geraldine Solomon, Brenda Stegall, Steve Stegall, uh, Barbara Winstead, Matthew Thornburg has been sick this week. Uh, Vera Whitfield, Donna Wilburn, Donna was back in Duke. Please, please remember her in prayer. She needs another kidney. Pam Wren, Charles Westbrook, Joyce Wren, and Texie Wren. Um, and I've already mentioned revival, but please, please pray for revival. Uh, please pray for the elections, law enforcement personnel. And our handbells are at... They're going to be playing at, uh, I shouldn't say playing, they're going to be worshiping at Samora Baptist Church today, and they're going to be playing the handbells for them. So please lift them up in prayer too. Let us pray together. Father, we need to be reminded 
that you are the sovereign God and that you are in control, even, Lord, when it doesn't seem like it. And, Father, thank you that there's no nation that turns away from you that you cannot draw back to yourself if that nation is willing to repent of sin and seek your face and pray and turn back to you. God, we do not stand in judgment of others, but, God, we pray that our nation would turn back to you. God, help us to know that as Christians and as churches, Lord, you have put us in this world to make a difference. And God, may we do that, not only as we vote, but God, as we live each and every day. And Lord, we do pray that we would stop turning away from you. God, we pray that you would forgive us because we have abandoned your word and we have accepted any type of popular idea, whether it would be moral or lawful. God, we have just listened not to you and to your word, but we have listened to the desires of many people that do not seek your kingdom and to put you first. And God, again, we confess our fault as Christians and as churches that we've not stood firm and we've let the world bully us and conform us and confuse us. But God, we pray that a new revival might sweep this country. And not only that lost souls would be saved, but saved souls might commit themselves to serve the true king and, Father, we just ask your blessings, Lord, upon our nation. God, in these moments as we pray, so many need our prayer support. God, we would pray for Ellen Melton and her children and grandchildren that you would bless them. Thank you, Father, for John's faithfulness to not only this church, but, God, to the churches that he served as a member throughout his many years of life. And God, we pray that you would bless them and comfort them even in the next few hours as they go to the funeral home to make plans for John's service. God, please be with them. Thank you, Lord, that many in this church have lifted them up in prayer and lifted him up in prayer. And God, so many others. God, what a time of sickness we face, not only in our church and community, but around the world. And even in the midst of all the medical advancements and technology, disease continues to spread. So we pray that you would bless and use doctors and nurses and researchers. But Father, most of all, help us to turn again to the great physician. Because Lord, not only are we sick physically, but we're sick spiritually. God, I thank you for everyone that has come this day. And I pray that you'll bless every service, Lord. I pray for all the activities upcoming, Lord, that you would bless. Bless the revival, Father. Bless everything that we do, whether it would be a yard sale or Bible studies or a meeting here to worship. Please, Lord, bless it all. Bless the handbell choirs. They serve you today at Samora Baptist Church. And bless that service and their pastor. And God, I just pray for heavy hearts this morning. I know that there's so many needs. And God, we're so grateful that we can cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And as we pray together, 
we remember the prayer that your son taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's not in the temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And our verse of the month comes from Psalms 85, verse 6. Let's say this together. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And at this time, I'm going to ask our younger children to come down to the front for our children's moment.
descendants did become greater that we followed after the true footstool and did become great Jesus that we followed the true line the law model but when we come to church and we take these things together it becomes very very important symbol of what Jesus has done for us okay alright so today I just wanted to remind you again of what these two things mean okay can we say a prayer together okay dear Jesus thank you for our Thank you for the moms and dads and grandparents that are faithfully going to church. And God, I pray that as they grow up, they will learn more and more about your son and what he has done, not only for them, but for everybody in the world. Help them to live for you. Help them to be witnesses for you throughout their life. Give them healthy strength each day. And thank you again that we can be in your house. Join us now as we sing hymn 223, Nothing But the Blood, first, second, and fourth verses. So if everyone would rise, please. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I, I didn't mean to. And I guess the ushers are going to come forward now to receive the offering. You got enough help? If you don't, we'll recruit. We thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord in giving your tithes and offerings. Um, it ain't about money, it is about worship. And this is one act of worship that we do when we assemble here together. Donnie Hubbard, would you lead us, please? Let's stand and raise up. 
great. 
of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tommy Jean. If we stopped right now, we'd be blessed, wouldn't we? What a service. Not bragging on us how great he is. I want to read uh, three verses from John 13 and share a few moments, and then we're going to have the Lord's Supper. We'll continue these messages after revival. I don't know how long they'll be. I'll be honest with you. I don't know from week to week. I promise you. I'm trying to obey God, and I ask you to support me in prayer that I would bring the messages that he wants me and you to hear because I'm hearing them too, okay? 
So let me pray and we'll read these three verses. Father, if this service lasted a billion years, it wouldn't be enough time for us to praise you for your worth to us. And perhaps we don't realize your worth at this moment, but Lord, we know that when that time comes for us to leave this earth and to meet you face to face, God, will know that you and your Son and your Holy Spirit are worthy of our worship, not only on this earth, but throughout eternity, Father. And God, thank you again that you love each one of us so much. God, what a privilege it is for we who are Christians and even for pastors and Sunday school teachers and other leaders to be able to tell a lost and dying world that Jesus loves them. God, thank you for that privilege. And thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to freely and openly read and study your word. And God, I pray that all of us would have receptive hearts this morning, that we would hunger and thirst after you. And Lord, that we would allow you, not our world or the things that's going on in our hearts and minds right now, we would allow your word, Lord, to speak boldly and openly to us. And God, I just pray that we would allow your timetable to be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John writes these words. Now before the feast of the Passover, and look at this next phrase, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. And folks, that is the key phrase that I want us to look at in the coming weeks. Jesus knew his hour had come. Now today we're not going to focus on these, these three verses, but I just want you to know where we're headed, okay? Jesus knew that his life was on a heavenly timetable. And John says, Knowing that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing. And again, folks, Understand Jesus is completely human like you and I are, but he is also completely God. I can't explain it, but I believe it because the word of God proclaims it. But Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. And I want to stop right there, and I want to ask a couple of questions of you this morning and of me. Do we as Christians believe that God truly has a time table for our lives? And do you and I, and if you have not yet given your heart and life to Christ to be his follower, do you believe that God's got a timetable for your life, which includes knowing Jesus as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world, and as your personal Savior and Lord? And this morning, I've got some points that I want us to ponder as we look at God's timetable for our lives. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do this Sunday. I want you to meditate on this. I'm just encouraging you to do this, okay? 
not because I'm talking about it, but because the Word of God does. What is God's timetable for your life and for my life and even for the life of this church? But here's some things that I want us to ponder. The Word of God declares that as creations of God, time is a gift from God. You know, I realize that every second, minute, hour, week, month, and year is a gift from God. And folks, I want to emphasize this because I believe that in today's world, one of the things that you and I are guilty of being most selfish of and with is our time in relation to God. And again, hear this not as a critical or judgmental sermon, but I hope as a sermon that will help us understand God's got a timetable for our lives. Are we on that timetable? Are we on our own timetable? And folks, as you study the book of Genesis especially, in Genesis chapter 1, God creates time. He creates day and night. He creates weeks that have seven days in it. There's still a lot of debate were the, were the days back then 24-hour days. I believe they were. And, and you might ask the question, well, why are men living so much shorter, men and women? Why are we living shorter than the people back in the Bible? And I think the answer to that, and I'm telling, I think this is my opinion on that, is because sin has increased, and as sin has increased, disease has increased. And folks, you and I are living in a world that, that people are no longer living as long as they did because of rebellion against God. And yes, some Christians die at a very young age. And I think if they could speak to us now, they'd say, hallelujah, I'm glad I did. I might miss my family, but I don't. I wouldn't turn back again for anything. But here's my point. God created man and woman to know him and to know his love and purpose and plan for their lives. And so apparently in giving us every second, every minute, Every hour, every week, every month, every year, God has got something in store for us that includes knowing his son, his savior, that includes knowing his will for our life. And again, I'm taking time. I just want to lay the groundwork for this. Think about this for just a second. God created the seasons of life, not only spring, summer, fall, and winter, but the seasons of life. And all of us are going through different seasons. I'm in the winter now of my life. I'm headed toward the end. Thank you. You're saying that not because you want to get rid of me, but because, okay, I just wanted to verify that. Listen, the, the human spirit is challenged by thinking about the seasons of life. And listen to what the writer of Ecclesiastes wrote in chapter 3, beginning with verse 8. You've heard these verses many times. Let me read these out of the Living Bible. There is a right time for everything. And if you hadn't read these verses lately, I want to ask you and challenge you when you get home to read these things and think about them. The writer says there is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to destroy, a time to rebuild, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time of scattering stones, a time of gathering stones, a time to hug, a time not to hug, 
a time to find, a time to lose, a time for keeping, a time for throwing away, a time to tear, a time to repair, a time to be quiet and a time to speak up, a time for loving, a time for hating, a time for war, and a time for peace. And folks, what I'm trying to point out is God has scheduled each of our lives with certain times and seasons within our life. And the ultimate end of these seasons that God has for us is a time to die and stand before him. And listen to this in Hebrews 9, 27. And just it is, is, it is appointed for men to die once after that comes judgment. Now, folks, you know, so often we think about this just in the concept of the people that are lost. And this is going to be a bad day. And again, I'm just telling you what I see to be the biblical truth. It is going to be a bad day for a person who has rebelled and rejected Jesus Christ on the day that they die because they're going to stand before God. That's what the Scripture says. And it's going to happen, folks, not because I'm saying it, but because God says it. But, folks, what a glorious day that will be for the child of God, right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.10, it's not going to be on the overhead, says that we shall all, in speaking to Christians, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Why will we stand before the judgment seat of Christ? Well, first of all, we're not going to be able to enter into heaven with sin. And even as Christians, we do sin, don't we? And I'm looking forward to that day when God not only forgives my sin that I had not confessed before my death, but he, re, he, he frees me from this body that continually struggles and fights against sin. And your sin might be different from my sin, but I'm just as big a sinner as you are. But thank God there's going to be a day, there's going to be a time, there's going to be a season when we're liberated from all of this. But along those lines, I want to also point out that God has appointed a day for man. And if you are here and you've not yet come to faith in Christ and received him as your personal Savior, God has appointed a day that he's going to try and lead you to come to him and receive his son. Let me just give you, this is not going to be on the overhead, but let me read two verses out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And Paul here is speaking. And he says, as God's partners, we beg you not to toss aside this marvelous message of God's kindness or grace. For God says, your cry came to me at a favorable time when the doors of welcome were open. I helped you on a day when salvation was being offered. Right now, God is ready to welcome you. Today, he is ready to save you. And in some of the older versions, it would say, today is the day of salvation. Don't harden your heart toward the Lord. And I want to tell you that if you've not yet trusted Christ as your Savior, that God has appointed a day and time in which he is going to be offering you salvation. But like everything else, God gives us the choice and decision. And you might be saying, well, I don't know if I can believe that or not. Well, let me just give you one illustration. Okay, back in the days of Noah and folks, again, as somebody was sharing with me this week, this has got to be the word of God, because every time it seems you read it earnestly and seeking God to speak, God tells you something new. And I want to point something out to you that I'd not seen in the story of Noah. 
in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. And folks, you and I know that we don't just up and decide we're going to become a Christian, do we? Folks, it must be at a time in which God has sent someone to witness to us. It must be at a time in which the Holy Spirit of God is wooing us and drawing us. But God doesn't promise that every day of our lives there will be moments and times that God will seek to draw us. But if we rebel against him, there will be a point in time when he gives us over to whatever we're desiring outside of him. And in Noah's day, the people of God had become so evil that it grieved God's heart that he had created them. And in beginning to tell the account of Noah and the flood, it says, My spirit shall not always strive with man, but listen to what he says, the last verse, the part of that verse. Yet his day shall be 120 years. Now, for a long time, I misinterpreted what that I meant what that meant and let me read that verse the last part of that verse out of the living bible my spirit not must forever be disgraced in man holy evil is he i will give him a hundred and twenty years to mend his ways i'd never seen that before god is saying that in the days of noah he would give the people a hundred and twenty years to turn back to him to repent of sin 120 years. Folks, to turn back. Is that not a God, a God of grace? God was telling them impending judgment was coming. A flood was coming. But the people kept saying no. And listen to these verses out of Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 and verse 16. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark... And, and, it's, and there's, it's a debate about how many years it took Noah to actually build the ark. It does, not, it does not tell us in Scripture, but some Bible scholars estimate from 25 to 45 years of building that ark. And can you imagine the whole time that Noah's building the ark, people are laughing at him, and Noah keeps telling me, God told me a flood is going to come, and I believe him. And even though it had not rained on the earth, the, the ground was watered by the dew. Noah believed. And so if it took him 25 to 45 years, and God said, I'm going to give you 120 years to mend your ways, and during that 125 years, Noah's here busy building an ark, these people could not say, God didn't give us a sign, God didn't tell us anything was coming or going to happen. Let me get back on track. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the air, also male and female, to keep their kind alive upon the face of the earth. Now listen to verse 4. You know where the first weather forecast is at in the Bible? I'm not trying to be smart here, nor silly. But look at this. God has given a seven-day forecast. Listen to this. For in seven days, I will send rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. 
And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. And they that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. Folks, listen to this. For 120 years, God was telling people, repent. For 120 years, you talk about a gracious God. You talk about a God who is long-suffering and is patient for 120 years. And remember, Noah is 600 years old when all of this takes place. For 120 years, they'd heard Noah preaching. For 25 to 45 years, they'd seen this man that they probably called a fool and a perfume build this boat. And then the forecast that in seven days it would rain for 40 days and 40 nights and all the living creatures on the earth would be destroyed. Who would have believed anything like that? But folks, I want to ask you, the word of God tells us that there's only one way to be saved and that is through God's son, Jesus Christ. The Bible not only tells us that Jesus died on the cross and that he was buried for three days and that he arose on the third day just as he said he would and that after 40 days he ascended back into heaven and he assumed his place at the right hand of God. And the Bible says that he's coming back. We don't know when. It's been around 2,000 years since these things were said. But for 120 years, God was telling the people, you must repent of your evil ways. You must turn back. For 120 years. And then for 25 to 45 years, as Noah built the ark, the flood is coming. The flood is coming. You know, sometimes I'm sure that hearing the preaching of the word of God sounds so foolish to the world. But folks, I want to tell you, if God says it, it's going to happen. But it's going to happen in his time schedule. And here's what I'm trying to, trying to lay the foundation for. In two weeks from now, and God bless it during revival. Two weeks from now, I want to pick this back up. And here's the point that I'm driving toward, okay? Number one, Jesus surrendered himself to God's timetable. Have we done that? Have we done that as Christians? You know, again, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not just trying to criticize and stand in judgment. We look at time as something we manufacture ourselves. But we don't. It is a gift from God. But like all gifts that God gives us, are we using it for his honor and for his glory? What will we do with the time that God has given us? And there are examples in the word of God what people did with the time. Some just blew it. Some used it to build their kingdom. One of my favorite verses in Psalms is Psalms 104. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. Folks, listen. Our Lord was on a heavenly timetable do we understand that God wants us to be on one too? Do we understand that every day that he gives us is a gift to not only know him better, and that's one of the things he wants with this life is that we would know him in preparation for being with him eternity, 
Do we understand that the gift of this day is a gift to worship him and to serve him, not because it's just Sunday? Do we understand that this day is a gift that we can witness to somebody else, whether it would be through sharing the gospel and the plan of salvation or simply by doing good deeds for them? Do we understand that God wants us to see the heavenly timetable so that we'll take ourselves out of being so selfish and self-centered and say, God, you've given me this day. What do you want me to do with it? Jesus was on a heavenly timetable. And John, of all the gospel writers, John picks up on this. And John sees this. And And he will say, his hour has not come. And then he will say, the hour has come. Folks, has the hour come for you and I to realize that this day, this hour, this moment is a gift from God to us? And we need to give ourselves as a gift to him. Today, if you have a trusted Christ and the spirit of God is leading you to come and profess faith in him, would you come? And my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, may we stop being greedy with our time and may we say, this day I'll sing your praise. This day I'll honor you, God, and I'll serve you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for time. And God, help us to see that it is a gift from you. God, I pray for those that have not yet trusted Christ as Savior. And God, if this is not today, I pray that they'll not sense your spirit speaking their heart about coming to faith in Christ. But if this is the day that you're reaching out to them, I pray, Father, that they would open their hearts to you and receive your Son as Savior. And God, I pray for us as Christians. Oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us when we thought we've given ourselves this day. We've caused this day. Father, may we see that it's from you. And may we use it for the work of your eternal kingdom and for the glory of your Son. In his name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision this morning is Break Thou the Bread of Life, number 407. If the Lord is leading you to respond today, would you come? Let us stand.
remember that Jesus gave his body, his life for us. I'm going to ask our deacons to come forward now. Mike, would you lead us in a prayer thanking the Lord for his broken body? Heavenly Father, thank you again for allowing us to gather in your house, Lord. As, as we go through this symbolic gesture that you do, Lord, just to remember the time that the disciples were standing before you, Lord, and all you were going through, and letting them know what was getting ready to happen, Lord. Lord, just allow us to be able to have that same freedom, Lord, to know that uh, you climbed on that cross for us, Lord, and you died for all our sins. Lord, again, be with everybody that's here today. Allow us to be able to go out and do the things to bring more people to you. All these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Matthew tells us that after he had given the bread, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. I'm going to ask again our deacons to come forward. Scotty, would you lead us in a prayer thanking the Lord for his shed blood? Lord, we just thank you for your blood that you shed for us dear Lord. We thank you that we can have eternal life forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.